Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Program. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Hey, greetings, folks. Welcome back to Steadfast and Loyal. And one of the things that has to concern us, and it's very evident and blatant now, is the unequal application of the law, especially when it comes to progressive socialists, the left, and everybody else. And so to join me and talk about this issue is Tom Fitton. Tom Fitton is the president of Judicial Watch, the public interest group that investigates and prosecutes government corruption. And my God, has he been busy. Founded in 1994, Judicial Watch seeks to ensure government and judicial officials act ethically and do not abuse the powers entrusted to them by the American public. He has 20 years of experience in conservative public policy, and he has helped to lead Judicial Watch since 1998 and oversees tremendous growth and recent success. Tom Fitton, thanks so much for joining me, and it's always a pleasure to be in your presence. Hey, Alan, thank you. I got to update my bio. I wish it was only 20 years experience at this point. <laughs> well, I should say over, with over 20 years experience. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep you young. I mean, you're young yeah. at heart, but I'm trying to keep you young in everybody's eyes. Now, being up in Washington, D.C. right now, this should be aging you when you see all the things that are happening. Tell us, how does Judicial Watch see this unequal application of law and justice? And what can we really do about it from outside of the swamp, outside of Washington, D.C., to pressure, put pressure? Well, we saw it firsthand. You know, as you know, we investigate and we expose, we educate about what's going on. Hopefully people do things as a result of our investigations. But, you know, in the case of these Trump um, uh, scandals uh, where Biden was abusing him, you know, they targeted us. They brought me into the grand jury. They harassed Judicial Watch with a subpoena. You know, so I testified and was harassed for hours before the grand jury on both these issues that Trump is being prosecuted over. Uh, prosecuted over, and I can tell you uh, from firsthand experience, I'm a witness to it, that it was all political. It was like being on—I've I've commented before—it was like being on MSNBC for four hours arguing politics with these prosecutors. And, you know, and and I do think our republic is under assault in a significant way as a result of the targeting of Trump, a former president with these un, unprecedented applications of the law. They're basically just making it up as they go along to try to jail him. And so I, I would suggest that every single one of your listeners call their members of Congress and tell them to shut it down. They can defund this. They can demand a special counsel for the Biden corruption. Um, or, you know, the reason, one of which, uh, it, you know, this, which is a part, partly the reason that Trump is being prosecuted like this. 
And certainly everything the Justice Department's doing is funded by Congress. There's not a dollar that, that falls from the sky, yeah. certainly over at the Justice Department for these issues, that isn't approved by Congress. And they can shut it down. So if they think this is terrible, then why are they funding it? And these fights are going to not come up in two years or one year. They're going to come up later this fall as these funding fights come to a head, as Congress again gets into the... Um, situation where they essentially vote on an entire year's worth of spending, you know, in in one vote. And if they're willing to shut the government down, they can shut this down. You know, it's interesting you say that because uh, recently a big focus that I've had was the National Defense Authorization Act. And I went up there and met with a lot of the members of the House Armed Services Committee to talk about defunding these leftist woke policies in the uh, Defense Department. And it kind of amazes me that you don't hear that same type of fervor uh, going on with the you know, House Judiciary Committee that has oversight over the Department of Justice or any of the other committees that have oversight over the IRS and, of course, the FBI. What can we do to get the Republicans who have a majority there in the House of Representatives to understand that they do truly have that power of the purse? And then I want you to answer, if you can, this whole impeachment inquiry thing. Do you think that that has any steam? Will it go anywhere? Will it make a difference? Well, it'll only go somewhere with the uh, support of uh, Speaker McCarthy. Now, he said it might rise to a level of an impeachment inquiry, which was a significant step forward. But then he backtracked a little bit. And if I were him, I would escalate um, and, and rejigger the investigations to have a wide scale impeachment inquiry, not only of Biden, but of Garland, Ray, the FBI and anyone else in the position that's impeachable. Uh, so that, you know, that the Oversight Committee, the Judiciary Committee, Homeland Security, they're all doing impeachment work uh, as opposed to investigations uh, world without end. Right. And, yes. you know, we don't need reports. We need impeachment. We need accountability. And I have a feeling that um, and my understanding is that that uh, members are getting a lot of feedback in this regard. Yeah. House Republicans are when they go home and what they're hearing from their voters because they've they've been through this before. Oh, we need you know, and and you remember Alan? They used to say, "Oh, we can't do this now. We have to." Oh win no, this. yeah. Oh no, we have to win the White House. Now, the, right now, there's a crisis. Okay, they're trying to jail the leading political opponent of of Joe Biden. They're trying to suggest that challenging elections will get you thrown in jail. And, you know, one of the dirty little, you know, one of the issues of the indictment that isn't mentioned much is that the targeting of these uh, fine Americans and patriots in the states who are challenging the elections as they understood they could under the law with alternative slates of electors. They're saying, well, you do that, you're going to go to jail, right? Or yeah. the suggestion is you're going to go to jail. Certainly there's been local prosecutions in that regard. Uh, so this is a dangerous time. And so... Uh, and on top of that, of course, they're censoring us still. The Biden administration hasn't stopped their pressure for censorship using tax dollars to do that. And as I said at the beginning here, it's all funded. It's all 100% funded, and then some, they get extra money, <laughs> uh, by this House of Representatives. And now, obviously, Republicans control the Senate, but they don't have to vote for anything they don't want to. And if they want to continue to censorship, of the, the censorship of Americans, the abuse and jailing of Trump, the attack on the First Amendment, et cetera, 
and as you're pointing out with the NDAA, the abuse of our troops with propaganda, uh, killing our, our uh, the unborn of our troops, mm-hmm. or or mutilating our troops through transgender extremism, you know that's that Republicans that that's all up to them right now. And if you don't, are you concerned about it as a listener and a voter, then you need to let your 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 members of the House know what you think about this. And certainly, it doesn't hurt to call the Senate uh, to give a little backing there. But you know, there, there's there's one of the big lies that people should never tell, you know, should never fall into, or one of the traps people should never fall into is that nothing can be done. The question is, are we doing everything we can do under the law to save the country? And if we're not, um, you know, then, then shame on us. Uh, But, but to pretend that nothing can be done, that's what they want you to believe. Yeah, absolutely. I think they want you to have that frustration and to believe that you have no other recourse than to allow them to continue down this path. And so when I look at these indictments that uh, Jack Smith just brought reference January 6th, it, it is very, you know, ironic and is utter hypocrisy. Because if you go back to 2004, you go back to 2016, I mean, every time the Democrats lose, they do the exact same thing. Uh, Why is it that we allow them to own a narrative and we're not as forceful as we should be in pointing out this hypocrisy that that, uh, they possess? I don't know, Alan. I mean, uh, I, I suspect a lot of people don't like Trump here in Washington, D.C., Republican and Democrat. Mm -hmm. So they really don't care. They don't care. And they don't care about their supporters because they consider them to be troublemakers and people who are pains in the neck. And not every member of Congress thinks that way. But I would say about 60 percent, both sides, 60 percent of Republicans probably feel that way. They vote the right way, but they'd be happy to have us disappear uh, as a political force or as a force for reform. And, um, uh, you know, I, when I testified before the grand jury, I raised those two specific points uh, that, A, Democrats have done this, specifically in 1960, the recollection of J- John F. Kennedy in Hawaii. And secondly, that in 2020, in the summer of 2020, the Democratic Party leadership and people around that movement were planning to threaten secession and civil war if Trump won the Electoral College in a way they didn't like. And they were threatened. They were going to threaten to have states secede if Congress didn't seat their seat, their, the electors that they thought should be seated. Uh, of course, the Jack Smith prosecutors didn't want to hear that truth, uh, but that was my testimony. And and um, uh, to me, uh, this is a kind of a core threat to our right, not only of free speech, but remember, Trump is being indicted for petitioning the government, right? For redress of grievances, the First Amendment. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and now we, we can't do that anymore. You, you go, the new rule is you go and petition the government and the left decides that if they don't like what you're asking, you can go to jail because you're being at, you're asking them to do something that's quote unconstitutional or, or whatever sham theory of the law they're trying to apply. Uh, and, and, um, and in many ways, this is a targeting of the Republican party, but it's even worse. It's just like the naked political failures by the Republicans. I, you know, if, you, if I were a Republican operative, you know, I'm a Republican Party member personally, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't understand why that political party, the Republican political party, is sitting by as that grand jury and Smith's Justice Department 
run by Democrat leftists, just go on fishing expedition and try fishing expeditions and try to freeze Republican Party fundraising, suggesting that Trump can't communicate with members of his own party as he's running for campaign, as he's running for president, like Ronald McDaniel. Certainly on election integrity issues, he can't defend himself during the campaign. Um, you know, I tell you, uh, the, the lack of leadership is is disheartening in that regard. And that's why it's important folks like you and, you know, Judicial Watch to highlight what can be done under the law to restore the rule of law. You're absolutely right. And that's why, you know, having served 22 years in the military, I took an oath to support and defend that Constitution. When you see how it's being undermined by this leftist Marxist ideological agenda, the, the threats, the intimidation, the coercion, you've experienced it yourself, uh, something has to give. How big of an issue do you really think this can be for 2024? Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if the candidates on the debate stage here in a couple of weeks will bring this up. But do you really think that a Republican, you know, running for president right now should be hammering the left on these issues of what is clearly their ideological weaponization against the American people? Yeah, you know, my guess is their advisors are telling them to do something other than they should be doing, which is to be standing strong with their opponent, <laughs> President Trump, mm -hmm. on this, because this is a, a wild abuse of power. A any patriotic American should oppose it. Instead, you see some candidates trying to walk the line. And, you know, I understand why they want to. I think it's the wrong thing to do, you know, uh, in terms of policy. But, you know, politically, I guess they can argue amongst themselves whether it's the right thing to do. But I think um, the voting public, uh, there's a significant element of the voting public that wants a restoration of the rule of law yeah. here in Washington, D.C. And... Uh, I'm not hearing too much out of it from Trump's opponent, too much about it out of uh, from Trump's opponents. You know, they think that they can restore the rule of law by beating Trump, you know. And, you know, of course, it's as Trump has said, it's not about him in the sense that uh, you have the weaponization of these agencies against political opponents of the establishment or the deep state or specifically the Democratic Party, which is. You know, I don't like to get too partisan here, but this is a Democratic Party operation out of the Justice Department. And um, I, I don't understand why Trump's opponents in the primary campaign don't seem to get that. And I might be, you know, I don't follow the campaign as closely as others. So I may I might be being un, unnecessarily unkind to them, uh, but I'm not seeing much leadership on this or enough leadership on this from them. Do I, you... I don't see them treating it as the crisis it is. Yeah, I, I, it's a crisis, right? And I it's, agree with you. It's not a political issue. It's a crisis. Yeah, it, it is a crisis because when you talk about the threats to democracy, I mean, the threat to democracy comes from the progressive left. And, and everything that they're doing, the open borders policy, the weaponization of agencies against the American people. I mean, who would have ever thought that the FBI would be trying to infiltrate the Catholic Church or, you know, declaring and designating parents as domestic terrorists or pulling you in uh, for simple reason of trying to scare you into something because you had done nothing wrong. And so right. this is kind of like the old East German Stasi type of state in which we find ourselves living in right now. And, and, and so when I look at 
the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden connections, Burisma, China, everything. The fact that we just found out that Jennifer Grantham was meeting with the uh, chief of Chinese uh, energy policy days before we released the oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. How can we make sure that these issues stay in front of the American people uh, before, you know, we get into this real election cycle next year, probably, you know, next fall into November? Well, impeachment's the easiest way, right? Because the House controls the impeachment process. And it's now August. I mean, how much evidence do you need to initiate an impeachment inquiry? Uh, I think you got more than enough. Yeah, you know, so I, you know, it's enough with the excuses and that we're we're still gathering evidence. We'll gather it under the auspices of impeachment. Uh, and then secondly, Chip Roy pointed out, says, you know, maybe you don't fund the Justice Department this year until they yeah. appoint a special counsel for, for Biden. Yeah. And one that's a, one that fits the parameters that everyone would expect, who's truly, you know, independent. But, you know, I, I don't think this Justice Department even, I think a special counsel is necessary and will mitigate and at least begin some type of an investigation a little bit more aggressively than has been done to date. But I think this Justice Department institutionally is incapable of of uh, applying the rule of law fairly for Democrats and the left. It's, and so I think impeachment and um, a radical rethinking, reimagining, right? Is that what they say? Yeah, they call it reimagining. when they don't want to pretend that they want to undo something. But the Justice Department needs to be rethought. Uh, and uh, have its power significantly curtailed. Um, you know, I, I told Rolling Stone the other day, <laughs> I said, you know, I was talking to a senior official in the Trump White House, and not not President Trump, though. And this was in the middle of, you know, so these investigations, and they were thinking they were going to end, and I'm like, they're never going to end. And, and this person said to me, and, and it's not the person you might think in terms of, you know, being... Uh, um, you know, he's, he's not like a Trumper. He's a never Trumper now. Mm-hmm. Um, after all this is over, we can need to think of a way to uh, think of a way to bring back the Justice Department into our government. Right. Because this Justice Department sees itself as above, outside the control of the White House, above the White House. They tell the White House what they do, as opposed to the other way around, which is the constitutional way, yeah. which is the president is supposed to run the agency. And so, um, you know, the next Republican president, uh, he should be appointing special counsels, not not the attorney general. That that just Durham shows that it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. This, Special counsel. This is hypothetical time. So a Republican wins the White House next November 2024, Trump, whomever, uh, and all of a sudden, you're tapped to be in charge of executive agency reform. What does Tom Fitton do with executive agency reform to reduce or even eliminate, definitely eradicate the corruption that you see in Washington, D.C.? Well, first of all, you, you, you significantly decrease the size of the agency. So with big government comes big secrecy and big corruption. So you can't separate the three. So you really need to decimate and I mean that in a good way, the budgets of the of the agencies and have a lot less people to worry about who really aren't doing much anyway in terms of advancing the public interest. And then secondly, and, and you know, Trump's and that, you know, Trump had this reform at the end of his term to civil service uh, reform. 
And that was the civil servants who were really exercising incredible authority, but in without the political accountability, should be treated as the political appointees that they actually are, or people who are responsive to the political appointees elected by the people, who are responsible to the people. So that whole core of the leadership of the civil service who um, is almost impossible to control should be uh, uh, put on, on into this new section of civil servants uh, that can be fired at, at will by the president of the United States. And, um, and that way that can bring in the, the additional leadership and, and employees in the agencies uh, that are loyal to the people of the United States as opposed to the institutions. So, so those, are, those, are, those are some other, you know, obviously we could talk for a long time about what else yeah. needs to be done. But, you know, they, they, they know, you know, again, this isn't rocket science. No, it's, it's only not. the government. They know, they know what we need to do. And uh, we need less fear-based decision-making by our Republican friends, that's for sure. That is, uh, without a doubt, 120% correct, because you cannot lead if you're worrying about what the Washington Post, New York Times, or any of these other rags are going to say about you. You have to lead based upon fundamental principles and values. Let's, uh, as we get ready to wrap up, what is on tap for Judicial Watch, let's say, over the next 90 days? What's your priority targets? What's your focus? Election integrity, right? We've been cleaning up the rolls. We, we were, uh, our litigation has led to over 2 million names being cleaned from the rolls in the last year or so. Uh, now we have a new, uh, new data to analyze and see what rolls need to be cleaned, hopefully before the next election. Uh, we've got the crisis of censorship of the government. We've got litigation that's ongoing in California over that, uh, where California censored us because we said the wrong things about election integrity. Uh, they got YouTube to take down a video of ours. Uh, and then of course we got all this Biden corruption and we've got you know a dozen lawsuits at least plus on records about the Biden corruption that's been hidden from the American people. And uh, we haven't forgotten about COVID yeah. and there's gotta be accountability there. And on top of that, we have this core threat, this revolutionary threat, this communist threat to our nation through critical race theory and this racialism that's being promoted at all, you know, which is which is the guiding principle of the Biden administration right now, I would say. Yeah, I, I think it, there's a I think there's a neck and neck uh, race between transgender extremism, mm -hmm. abortion, craziness and critical race theory, racialism. But all, all of it's really just this death cult Marxism uh, that is uh, guiding this administration and so many of our institutions. And uh, we've done a lot of work there, both protecting those who have been victimized, uh, stopping it successfully where we can, uh, this outright blatant racism and racial separatism and segregation being pushed by the left. I, I just think it's hilarious that the left is pretending to be concerned about slavery as, <laughs> as concurrently... They promote race seg racial segregation and separatism and they discrimination. Uh, so, uh, and that to me is how you, you know, that's that's terribly disruptive to the nation. And, and we're going to do what we can to hold this Justice Department accountable for its abuses of Trump. Uh, you can call me before the grand jury a million times. We're still going to be suing you guys at the Justice Department for records you're unlawfully holding about this unprecedented assault on, on the former president and current candidate. 
And it's not because we want him to win one way or another. It's because you shouldn't be targeted because you're a candidate. Yeah. You should be targeted because you did something wrong. Here, they targeted him first and then figured out laws to, to, to try to throw him in jail with. And, and we're just not going to you know, sit down until uh, we've done as much as we can on that in that area. So you know, everything your listeners and viewers are concerned about, Alan, you can trust that we're investigating and probably have a lawsuit or two in the wings on. Well, I tell you what, I appreciate you, your courage, your conviction, and your character. The thing that I love about you, Tom Fitton, is that it is not about R&D. It is about what is right and what is true according to the Constitution and the rule of law, and you're willing to call out anybody that violates the rule of law. So uh, as we wrap, how can people follow you at Judicial Watch and follow all the great work that you all are doing? Well, we're on uh, the internet. We're all over the internet, obviously, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Uh, of course, you go to judicialwatch.org, judicialwatchoneword.org. Look at all the documents we've uncovered. Uh, there's some of which are going to knock your socks off. And, um, and they can donate directly to us as well. So get the word out, support our cause, support our movement. And um, I know Judicial Watch can get things done in D.C. I've seen it before. Yeah. And that's why they want to shut us down. And your number one call to action for people watching our interview. Other than support Judicial Watch, call your members of Congress and get them to stand strong against this effort to put jail, put Trump in jail for the rest of his life and uh, demand accountability for the crisis caused by the Biden corruption uh, that, God help us, could get us into a war or two. Uh, given how far compromised he is. He is definitely compromised, and it is bringing about the weakness of our constitutional republic. Tom Fitton, president of Judicial Watch, thank you so very much for joining us here at Steadfast and Loyal. And may God hey, you're welcome. You. No. I thank appreciate you, it. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us on this episode of Steadfast and Loyal. Special thanks to our guest, Tom Fitton, the president of Judicial Watch, for taking time out of his busy schedule. And as always, if you like this program, please click the like button and share it with others. And until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down.